0: I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brennies Female, where every week I speak with women changemakers who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. At The Brennies Female, we're all about celebrating women and their power that power exists within each of us, and by tapping into it, we make the world a better place. And we're here to inspire more women to do this. These values are shared by L'Oréal Paris and the Women of Worth program, and they are now accepting nominations for the 2022 edition. Do you know a Canadian woman who passionately volunteers her time and energy to help people in her community? Well, recognize her dedication with a nomination for the 2022 Women of Worth, a philanthropic program which recognizes the achievements of 10 nonprofit leaders from across Canada who are making meaningful change addressing some of society's most pressing issues. Each woman will receive a $10,000 donation to their cause and be celebrated during a gala on International Women's Day. Head to the link in our show notes by December 23rd and see our women role models get the recognition they so deserve. This week on The Brand is Female, my guest is Carmen Liu, the founder of UK-based Carmen Liu Lingerie, the first lingerie company that offers products designed specifically for the needs of the LGBTQ2+, trans and non-binary community. Carmen, a trans woman herself, created the brand out of frustration at the lack of options available for trans people when it came to undergarments, as well as to push social binaries of femininity to higher bounds. Here is our conversation. Carmen, it is such a pleasure welcoming you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you for having me. It's great to meet you. It's lovely meeting you too. And I like to start these conversations by asking you to go back to when you were younger and, and growing up. And what did you think you would be doing later in life as a career at that time? And did you already dream of something that would be connected to fashion? Or was it something entirely different that appealed to you at that time?
1: Great question. That's a good place to start for sure. So... When I was younger, I was actually training to be a ballet dancer. So um, it was a very different career path that I had in mind. And I did train at the Royal Ballet School here in London all the way up until I was 19. Mm. Um, But then unfortunately, after about a year when I got into a ballet company, I was injured. So it was at about the age of 20 that I had to change careers. Um, And to be honest, I was very unsure what I was going to do. And it definitely would not have been what I am doing today, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: what a wonderful background, training as a ballet dancer. Um, and tell me about how you got, so between that time when you were injured and trying to think, I'm sure, of what your next career move would be, uh, what led you to uh, to where you are now? Or were, they, uh, were there other stops on, on your journey, basically, Uh, moving out
1: from ballet to doing something else? So to be honest, when I stopped dancing, it was many years of just um, doing a few different businesses that I had started myself. But it was at the stage when I transitioned from male to female, as I am a trans woman, it was Mm -hmm. at this point that immediately... Pretty much as day one when I transitioned, that I realized that there was a giant lack of products and services for trans people in this world. Mm -hmm. So from that day, every single week and month that went by, I got more and more frustrated that there weren't specific products for us. And that being that there is no underwear or lingerie brand at that time for trans women or trans individuals and non-binary people. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, I think it was about two, three years after I had transitioned that I was finally given the opportunity with an investor to begin my company. And it has been something that I've wanted to do for, it would have been six years ago now. So when Mm. I was 24, I wish I was still 24. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, not anymore. Um, But yeah, so the reason why I ended up with my company today Was due to my own personal experiences transitioning.
0: Mm. And what made you land? I mean, you just spoke about the fact that there was a clear gap in the marketplace, Mm -hmm. and it sounds like uh, lingerie specifically was a category where you saw opportunity, but, uh, you know, what was there? um, This was it sounds like it was a completely new industry for you how was it when you decided to go down that path and focus on mm-hmm. lingerie and not you know not coming from the industry not having prior experience in fashion or designing collections and lingerie yes. is its own specific world so tell me about kind of those first few months figuring out a, a whole new world for for yourself how how did that go
1: so this would have been back 2018 summertime and um, you know, for me, with businesses, there are similarities between each business that you would run, no matter which business it is. However, of course, as you mentioned in the fashion industry, um, it is a whole new ball game. So it was so fun to be going on this journey, um, which is a personal journey as well, because it's something I was doing for myself as well as others. But I would say it's been the biggest, life-changing business I've ever done um because because we manufacture everything and I travel the world to source my materials and my products and things like that it was such an eye-opening experience as well as such a learning curve you know you get to see so many different things in life traveling the world so that was one amazing thing but in terms of business I think the fact that I didn't have a fashion background or any idea about running a fashion business or manufacturing processes, um, I think that was probably one of the best things, really. And I think that's what made it so interesting for me and also made me my drive to make sure that I succeeded even bigger because I wanted to prove to people that I can do it. Of course, there was a lot of, I wouldn't say issues, but there was there was a lot of people that didn't like that I was doing a fashion business and I didn't have the background. First Mm -hmm, of all, second of all, the biggest problem I would say is because I was a trans woman that Mm -hmm. made it a whole lot harder. So to prove my point was, was a big challenge, but it was probably the best thing I think about it.
0: So tell me about that experience, and I think you know. For I, in speaking to a lot of women entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the in a fashion world, there's it's often held against us that we are women, and you know why? Yes. Why would we want to be at the helm of our own company? Exactly. And I think you have an extra layer of um, difficulty being a trans woman. So mm-hmm. how did you how did you manage that? And you know what kind of reactions would you be getting? And how did you you know, was it about, you know, choosing to uh, trying to find the right people to partner with? Or was it about just, you know, convincing people that uh, it that had nothing to do with your with your business skills? And mm-hmm. um, and, and again, just because as women often, you know, we're we're being uh, our, our our abilities to lead a company and be an yeah. entrepreneur, sometimes challenged by others. So
1: tell me about what that experience was like. So. I would say after the initial excitement of the new business and traveling and seeing the factories firsthand, Mm. um, I remember one of my first hurdles was when I tried to um, get on board a PR company in London Mm. and they upfront refused to work with me. Oh, wow. Yes. So uh, it comes at the point when I mention that I'm a trans woman, or if I mention the business, but of course, because the business is for trans women as well, Mm -hmm. I can't hide them. If I hide my own personal situation and the business, then they both have an issue, you know, but it's always at that point when I mention one of them that all of a sudden their calendar isn't available or they're too busy, or they don't think that I'll be able to afford it. And I was like, well, where are we getting the, I wouldn't be able to afford it from when we haven't discussed prices. So I mean, it is that thing where you just think, oh, okay, maybe it's just this one company. But then I saw over the space of a four-month period before I launched the company in London that this was constantly happening, regardless of which company it was I was going to or which factory I was going to. They all had similar excuses. And yes, it was very upsetting and it was frustrating. But I think if anyone ends up in that situation... You have to understand that we are in the world where, unfortunately, women are still seen as someone who can't run a company or can't do this, Mm -hmm. can't do that. And you have to take that, um, those letdowns and all those disappointments, and you have to use it as a positive to keep you going. And that is what I had to constantly do at nighttime. I had to almost talk to myself and just Mm -hmm. say, if you're going to make a change in this world for other people to see other women to see, other trans women to see that it is possible. I have to keep going to prove that no matter how many companies put me down and wouldn't work with me, there are other ways around it. There's other ways you can get PR. There's other ways you can get a factory or anything, you know? Um, So I think you have to take these things that happen to your business or personally, and you have to make them a positive and you have to use them to drive you to continue. And, you know, I'm here today. I've got through COVID. I've got through Brexit. (laughs) And, you know, those things are very difficult. And as a business who's only my third year, I'm still here today. I sell across the world. I was lucky enough to be Forbes Awarded in 2022. No, 2020, sorry. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you keep going, these things do happen. But yes, I won't lie and say that it was easy because it wasn't at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that you've proven wrong anybody that stood in your way, right? Mm-hmm. And it's always so difficult being a trailblazer, um, but the, the rewards are are, are typically great. Um, I'm wondering if you had any, and, 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 and you were a complete trailblazer, because again, this was a, a brand new category focusing mm-hmm. on trans women specifically. And, uh, you know, having observed that there were no, players occupying that space in the market um, w- was anyone an inspiration for you at that time were there role models that you were looking up to uh, you know whether they were men women non-binary mm-hmm. or just business people that were an inspiration for you at that time
1: so I have two very um in a business world people find them as un- unusual um people for me to be admiring in the business world and um, one of them is Jeffrey Starr if you know him, who owns the mm. makeup brand. And yes. the other one is Christian Louboutin. And mm-hmm, of course. the two reasons why, well, the reasons why I love these two businessmen is because their attention to detail and their involvement within their business to this day still is what I found so fascinating about those people because they mm-hmm. are still very much involved fully with their business. And I really respected that. And they really no detail was too small for them. And I have taken that upon myself as well in my business, that no detail is too small for me. And I'm very heavily involved in everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, there are many other CEOs around the world which are incredible. But for me, those two, for those reasons, really stood out to me. Mm -hmm. So, yes. And
0: And those are great inspirations to have. Um, There is a reality when it comes to, I think, the lingerie industry specifically and its treatment of women in general, Mm -hmm. right? And we've seen, uh, I think, the past couple of years, um, several companies, some of the big players, uh, you know, U.S. side have really been uh, called out for... Their treatment of women, not just internally when it comes to employee culture, mm-hmm. um, but also the type of women that they, you know, put for, choose to put forward in marketing, uh, which, you know, often <laughs> is the complete opposite of body positivity and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, perpetuates a, um an image of women that a is very hard to achieve for most women consumers around the world. Yes. Uh, and B is really focused on, uh, you know, keeping women uh, very young, very thin and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, maintaining standards that just, don't reflect what the majority of women look like, um, and then your you know your your company which creates products for trans women specifically, you're obviously doing things differently. So where do you think we are today with the lingerie industry as a whole? And we saw not to name them, but Victoria's Secret had to do a full 180 and completely mm-hmm. rethink their entire business strategy, including yeah. marketing, but also including uh, their their executive and and board members. So do you think that we are making progress? Are are you seeing the shift? And you're obviously part of the movement that is changing mm-hmm. the roles. But what do you think is happening with other players that have been around for, for a while?
1: Personally, I don't think there has been much change in big companies, um, in particular Victoria's Secrets, for example. Let's talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, when I launched my company here in London with my runway show and launch event, that was at the time when they were called out for not using trans women and plus size models and the ceo at the time i think it was or the director had said a very specific comment about plus size women and trans women and so for me at that time when my company came out it was great for me um to really prove that it is possible to make these garments for trans bodies non-binary people um and um my biggest thing at the time then in the media was talking about how all of these big companies, such as Victoria's Secrets and all the, of the other big players, they constantly use people of minorities in their marketing schemes that they do, but they don't actually make products for us Right. So for me, if we're going to talk specific about trans women, but I would mention that my company isn't just for trans women. It mm-hmm. is for my company is now genderless. So I actually make underwear for cis women, cis men and trans women and non-binary mm-hmm. people. So I do actually do everything. But um, if we're going to talk about whether or not there's been a change, there is no underwear in Victoria's Secrets, Calvin Klein, any of these brands which actually work for trans women specifically right. so no mm-hmm. there hasn't been a change in my eyes yes you might be mm-hmm. using trans women plus size women um in your marketing campaigns but you're not mm-hmm. making products for us so until I see a brand this big making a product specifically for these people whoever they may be there isn't a change mm-hmm. yeah no that is uh if that, that makes is, sense I mean it doesn't yes, no, you know what I mean it's Unless there's physically something, I can go in that store, which actually works for the purpose. I need it. You're Mm. not actually, you haven't changed. You haven't helped. This season of The Brand is Female
0: is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice, plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD's services for women in business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners who can provide education, financing, mentorship, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect your workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. I'm truly proud that on this platform, week after week, we bring you conversations with Changemakers, a group of inspiring women leaders who are committed to purpose and impact. L'Oréal Paris shares this mission with us and their Women of Worth initiative has been celebrating Canadian women leaders for six years now. Nominate a woman role model today and see her celebrated with a $10,000 donation to their cause, in addition to being celebrated during a gala on March 8th. This year, L'Oréal Paris has made the nomination form available in five additional languages, including Arabic, Cree, Mandarin, Ojibwe and Punjabi. You have until December 23rd to get nominations in. Head to the link in our episode notes today and together, let's celebrate the women changemakers in your community. So how can consumers, and sometimes I hate using the word consumers, it's been brought up in conversations (laughs) before that, we are citizens and we can enact change and request that, you know, governments Mm -hmm. and other entities and businesses change the way they do business and approach the world. So as, you know, citizens slash consumers, because we're also voting with our dollars when we're buying Mm -hmm. product. How can we help push that change and make the shift happen? And I think, uh, you know, with and for, for anyone who's, who's listening to us, whether they are a trans woman, whether they're cisgendered uh, or otherwise, how do we make that shift finally take place and have it be more than just that performative allyship that we see, you know, with um, some washed, washed down marketing campaigns that we've seen all these companies put together?
1: firstly i would probably say it's important to voice these issues to those companies um and this would be from the direct customers that are purchasing from them already however i don't feel that would actually fully really impact anything because they do make too much money they don't necessarily care unfortunately that's how i feel they don't care um i think the The best way is to be supporting the brands that are providing these products, because now in this day that we're living in 2021, there are brands now which are catering for non-binary people, trans women and other types of people. So if you go and support these businesses and make them bigger, if, for example, say my business was to become big enough, these other businesses would see that people are behind this and that it is important and that it is possible. I think a lot of these big brands think that there isn't enough money to be made is what I think they think. Right. Um. Mm. So I think if the consumers, as we're calling them, if they can go and purchase products from other brands that are providing to these smaller groups and minorities, that will take away some of the money from these businesses. And I think taking away money from these people is probably the way that they would see it because unfortunately that is what leads a lot of those companies in my opinion Um, and of course making these companies aware that you would like to see underwear that is suited for other types of people in their brand you know if you wanted to go to Victorian Secrets and say look I would love for you to be able to provide underwear for these types of people I think Mm -hmm. if enough people do eventually say it maybe they will listen but I don't think it would happen quick enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I see what you mean. And what about support from the business community? And in this case, uh, again, going back to your your experience as a trans woman building your own business, and you've mentioned an investor um, who sounds like a, you know, a partner that uh, uh, kind of, you, you know, you had their trust since the start. and mm-hmm. um, is there enough support or, you know, because when when we launch a business, we typically need, you know, there's financing partners or yes. uh, even just, uh, you know, companies helping with your retail strategy, with marketing. You mentioned PR agencies. Um, have you seen a shift? Again, similar question. But since you launched a business are we, generally speaking, or is the business community, generally speaking, now more inclusive and supportive of, uh, well, trans women, trans individuals, and, you know, uh, uh, anyone who doesn't fit the typical mold, or I shouldn't say the typical, but... Yes. Uh, <laughs> Anyone who is breaking uh, that uh, that mold of the cisgendered, mm-hmm. usually white
1: straight male at yes. the at the helm. I the definitely hear that. I definitely hear that one. So, to be honest with you, I don't think there is enough support from a business aspect, and I think, in my opinion, there would be more impact if the businesses were helping support brands such as mine, I think that would be a quicker way to make other brands see that change is needed. I think that would be a lot quicker than a consumer trying. Right. Um, you know, I don't know what I can really say on camera, but um, there are, there's a lot of businesses out there, very big names. Um, let me just say, in the for instance, in the social media industry, who still to this day ban my business from advertising. Wow. Um, and I I will give you this example, actually, because it's making me my blood boil already. There is a specific social media company out there who, whenever I try to advertise, they don't say that my content is sexually explicit, which is what you would normally find if there was people who were fairly nude. Um, mm-hmm. For a trans business, it's very specific. And it says that you cannot sell sexual services. Hmm. Now, because trans women are put as a sexual service. Right. You know,
0: yeah. these businesses
1: are stopping me from advertising. So if these businesses were supporting, we would be able to grow a lot bigger, a lot better and get the awareness out there and be able yeah. to provide for the consumers that need these products or mm-hmm. the services, whatever it is, you know. So I don't feel like there is much support because, as I've already mentioned, the PR companies, that was very difficult um, there's so many other companies, factories and um, suppliers that I won't work with me or they just they think that my business is nothing because because it is related to LGBT and to trans women. They do not feel that my business is important, which is very sad
0: it is sad indeed and i can uh, read between the lines and mm-hmm. uh, decipher who you're talking about and that's been you know i think there's a an entire industry that has been speaking out and there's kind of it's 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 completely uh you know, on, on one end, they're pretending to be supportive of diversity and, yeah, and LGBTQ rights and, you know, etc. And on, you know, meanwhile, they are stopping and policing the type of content that exactly. uh, companies and business owners and creators are trying to put out there. Um, so again, I think that's where we need to push back as citizens, as consumers and as, you know, consumers and, and viewers uh, of, of this platform, because after all, we're the audience that mm-hmm. they're trying to. Uh, to recruit, to keep building their own business. Um, so tell me about, you know, what what is your approach typically because you face many roadblocks and yeah. um, are you someone who's generally, you know, positive and optimistic and you try to work around and find a solution? But I'm sure there's been moments where this was probably pretty hard to You know, to keep stomaching and trying to keep going, you know, while facing this level of adversity can't be that easy. So I wonder, what's your approach, generally speaking, when you're faced with 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 ongoing challenges?
1: So my general approach to the business since day one has always been treat this as a any other big business. Um, Don't bring the LGBT side of it into it. So I try and make everything as business-minded as I possibly can and when when I am faced with an issue I mean as of the past year it has been awful and it has been very difficult to deal with and personally because obviously as a trans business it affects me because it's directly hitting back at me as well Mm -hmm. but when these things happen um yes sometimes I do have to take a few days and I just have to kind of sulk about it but at My way of getting around these things is I watch my runway video from when I first launched, which got me Uh global press with um, everyone from Forbes to the New York Times. Mm -hmm. I have to sit there. It was one point where I had to watch it every day because that is how I keep going. I have thousands and thousands of customers around the world and people that rely on me. And Mm -hmm. that is how I keep going. I, I love
0: that. And you've answered what was gonna be my next question. I was uh, going to ask you about that moment where it finally felt like you had something tangible to go on, right? because when mm-hmm. we often when we launch a business and especially a brand, it's the first the first few stages can be quite difficult. and and yes. you know, so many women suffer from imposter syndrome, and we think we're not meant to be doing it. Mm-hmm. And usually there's kind of a moment where, it's like, oh, okay. It actually feels like I've got something good here. So I was going to ask what that moment was for you, and it might be your runway show. Or it might be something else.
1: Um, in terms of the moment of doing the runway, um, was very petrifying because the media have a tendency to completely break us down. So the moment that I woke up the next day, and there was there was articles across the globe on every major news outlet and they were all, every single one was positive. At that point, I knew I, I had structured the company correct. So mm-hmm. that moment was a very big moment for me. However, I think the moment that is most precious to me um, is more the individual moments when I receive contact from our customers and their families. Um, which is a weekly occurrence. Um, mm. hearing hearing what they have to say about what has happened to them and how my just my my brand alone had saved their life. Mm. Those tiny moments are actually the biggest thing to me. Uh, that's so wonderful. You know, I hear that direct from the people that I'm I've made it for, and I know that I'm making a change. And for me, those those constant moments, Is what makes me keep going because if I wasn't here and I didn't keep pushing through, God knows how many women or non-binary individuals could struggle without me. Again, Mm. you know Mm -hmm. those moments have been more important to me. I would say,
0: yeah, you're you're witnessing the direct impact that you're having on people's lives, which is unbelievable. Yes. Um. What's one thing and, and one way that's one way of asking what's next for you? So you've talked mm-hmm. about the fact that you now offer uh, lingerie for everyone and and you're, yes. you're, you've taken a non-gendered approach. Um, what what is you know one big innovation or something new that uh, you might be working on over the the next 12 months or maybe even
1: closer than that? Well, something that I've just been working on for the past two years, which is a very long time, was my Mm -hmm. new collection because um, it is a genderless collection, which just Mm -hmm. launched at the end of October. So to design lingerie that actually suits, um, let me try and make it easier for people to understand, that can suit a born female body and a born male body, but it's Mm -hmm. in the same underwear, um, that was very difficult. But of course... My most complex and innovative underwear is my tucking underwear for trans women or non-binary people. Mm -hmm. Um, The actual technology and the advanced technology of sewing that is in that one garment is incredible. So that was something I've worked on for two years. Although it looks like a brief that you would buy in any other shop, the structure underneath that garment and how it works is incredible. So that is probably... A very big thing that I've been working on. However, what I have coming up in the next twelve months, um, I do have a project of sorts that is happening over in Asia, which I can't talk too much about. Uh-huh. But that is something that was supposed to start pre-COVID, which right. is um, it's a project that I'm doing over there, which is also running in alignment with a charity project that I'm doing, which I'm hoping I can get back up and started within the next 12 months because Mm -hmm. that would be a very big thing for the communities I'm doing it for in Asia but then also for my business and what I will be able to do in the future
0: Mm, that sounds wonderful and I can't wait to hear or or discover what uh, what it is um And another question I had for you is how, how do you find inspiration? What, you know, what, as a, as a creator, as uh, someone who's I'm sure is always thinking about what, what next to introduce within your brand? uh, What's your, what are your sources
1: of inspiration? So, I mean, I'm a very creative person, obviously growing up as a dancer is a very creative thing. And um, it is constant that I'm always always thinking of things but most of my inspiration to be honest comes from me personally or people around me I try never to get inspiration from other brands because personally what they're doing I don't isn't what I want to be doing and I want to be individual I don't follow trends I don't follow fashion trends I do what I think is right and what I believe is needed and looks amazing and feels amazing. So, you know, I'd say it all comes from myself. Inspiration comes from me and just how I'm feeling in that moment. So I design or make products that I feel I need and other people need. And that's answered that very well.
0: Yeah, no, that was great. And that's you know, that's when when we can be our our best source of inspiration and helping others in the process.
1: Yes, I mean I wouldn't want to design or make a product that is technically already out there, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's why I try not to take inspiration from anywhere else. And I just I make what I want to make in that moment. And I do have a lot of products that are coming that aren't actually underwear. But it's around the feel of what I was at that time and what I feel is relating to my latest underwear collection that it's released. I'm trying not to give things away here, but
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't wait to see what's next. And um, my last question, which is also my favorite question to ask, and I've recently oh. rephrased it because... I used to ask the question, what do you wish women uh, include? And I and I include trans women, obviously, in my definition of women, but yes. non-binary individuals as well. I used to ask, what's one thing you wish they would do more of until it became very clear that we already ask so much of, of women in general. So now I like to offer the two options. What is one thing you wish women, including trans women and non-binary individuals, would do more of and less of? And it can apply to yourself or it can apply to society.
1: And is this in reference to just anything?
0: Yes, absolutely. Anything, uh, you know, can be personal in business or attitudes in general.
1: Ooh, (laughs) let me... um, That's a tricky one. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to think of what the best one would be. So I think I would say, I, I wish women of all types would... Understand that you can be a very big boss in life and of a company. I feel that a lot of time people I meet only think that they can be a boss of like a small little thing or a CEO of like a small little company. You can be a big, big deal in this world as a woman. And regardless of where you are in the world, even if women do not typically have that role I wish that they would just go for it. I love that. That's fantastic.
0: And is there something? Uh, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of more. Is there something specifically less that you would like to add? Less. And some sometimes the answer kind of connects to you know uh, doing more of something and less yes. at the same time, but
1: it could be different too. Um, I don't know about less. <laughs> I feel like w- there isn't enough women are doing or able to do in this world. So I don't know. Hmm. I think it has no connection to what I've just said, but I do feel like it's a very big problem at the moment that I feel that women need to worry less about what they see in this world, about how a woman should be. Yes. I don't think there is anything a woman should be. Ah, They can be whoever they want and whatever they want.
0: I'd love that so much. And that is such a perfect recap of what your company is about um, and really breaking down the barriers for women to be whatever they want to be. Carmen, this was so fantastic. I'm so glad we got to chat. Uh, We'll share links to, uh, to your company's website. Wishing you all the best for what's coming up. Excited to see what the mysterious project in Asia is. Let's stay in touch. And thank you so much for your time today. I thank you so much for today. It's been amazing. My pleasure. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Bank Group, women entrepreneurs, for the support of The Brannies Female. You got it in you to succeed, let TD help guide you. Visit theBranniesFemale.com podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening. I'll be back in a week with a new guest. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris, research and production support Claire Miglionico, marketing and digital growth Kayla Gillis and partnerships Natalie Hope.